even if you come into that time of worship with uh, these these ideas, everything's going good, blah, 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 you know, mm. this confronts you with reality. No Absolutely. matter how good things are going yep. in your heart of hearts, you yep. know. And when you, when you start the song off with, when I fear my faith will fail, there are moments where we all fear, you know, that that we're going to somehow mess all this up. Yep. And it just confronts the, the congregation with, with reality of what's going on inside us. And, and it, it, it gives us a sense of desperation mm-hmm. and then sums it up by he must do this. Yeah. So it's a, it's a beautiful song to use in our congregational worship because of the fact that it puts reality yeah. right there in the, in, into our faces right right at the beginning. Welcome to Sing the Word, a podcast that explores and promotes gospel-centered, biblically-rich congregational songs for the church. Uh, my name's Nathan Murphy, and I'm joined with... Joshua Roberts. Rachel Nothnagel. Yes, all three of us are here. And today we've got a congregational hymn recommendation for you all, and uh, it should go without saying, when I, if you've read the title of the episode as you're listening, um, this is a hymn... Uh, that many people have grown to know and love, especially in the last decade. Uh, this is uh, He Will Hold Me Fast. Um, Josh, h- how do you pronounce her last name, the original? Habersham? Ada Habersham. Habersham. Okay. Habersham. And it's been That's how I would altered it and retuned by bit, yeah. uh, Matt Merker. Yeah. Uh, he added verse 3, altered some words, and he put a totally new, fresh tune to it mm-hmm. and uh, did that a 20... 20- 13, yeah, 10 years ago. So um, we're going to go ahead and read through it. We're not going to dilly-dally, so we can have a lot of time to talk about it. Uh, Rachel, why don't you start with verse 1 in the refrain? When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast, for my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. Precious in his holy sight, he will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost, he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. For my life he bled and died, Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied, he will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life, he will hold me fast. Till our faith is turned aside, when he comes at last, he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast, for my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. Okay, are we going to get through this episode without crying, guys? I don't Let's know. try it. <laughs> Let's try our best, but it's all right. Um, just reading that overview real, real quickly, one of the most tender, reassuring mm-hmm. songs uh, that I know for the church today. Um, 
it's an older hymn, but it's been retuned in a fresh way, and it's uh, it's very not just popular, but popular for good reason. So let's talk about the history. Oh, were you going to say something? You were, <gasps> and then I cut you go, off. Go for it, Rachel. I will save it for when we're going to dissect it theologically. Okay. okay. <laughs> let's talk about some history so, first. All right. So her name is Ada Ruth Haberson. Ada Ruth, good Southern name, but she was a Southerner. But um, Australian? She, she wrote, well, she's English Christian hymnist, uh, but she wrote uh, another English song that we know. I, this is the only one that I think we might recognize would be Will the Circle Be Unbroken. Not one of my favorite songs, but one that I've had the privilege of singing in <laughs> a, a funeral or two. But um, she also wrote this song, the, the original, that Matt Merker pulled pulled out. And um, interestingly enough, her first hymn was actually a German hymn. And then she started into the English language stuff. But um, here, here's kind of the background there. So basically, uh, someone was at an evangelistic conference, and one night this guy, um, a young man, was talking to uh, this musician, Robert Harkness, um, about uh, how he, he, he was worried that he would not make it to the end of his, you know, Christian life, his walk with, with the Lord and all, and how was he going to hold out till then? And um, he was just overcome with with this, and so even even using scriptures and stuff. Uh, so uh, Harkness decided, hey, let's let's write a song about this, about something that kind of reminds us that we have an assurance of success mm. in the Christian life that's not based mm. upon us and our works, mm. but is truly based upon Christ. He must hold us fast. Mm -hmm. So Harkness gave this idea to Ada Haversham. She wrote these words. And um, what is it here that it says? It says her, a quote from her, definite assurance, or maybe this is a quote from him. Yeah. A quote from him saying, we need a song that will encourage a definite assurance of success in the Christian life. Inspired by that, she wrote seven. One of them was this one, when I fear my faith will fail. And then Harkness put the tune to it. Um, and apparently it, it was used in a mighty way uh, in some of those. Those were uh, some of the evangelists, like with R.A. Torrey and stuff, mm -hmm. that, that sort of stuff, revival meetings. But um, Matt Merker came across it years later, and he was the one that that kind of gave new life to it for us today. And I'm so thankful mm -hmm. that he did, because I think that even now, especially how so often we can get, we can, we can fall into that works-based yep. mentality and this reminds us that it's it's not about us. Yeah. So I found this song to be so encouraging on my worst days for sure. Um, and I think that's that's what we're gonna dive into with verse one. But um, you know, also, I will say Ada, Ada Ruth, mm -hmm. she was a contemporary of Spurgeon. Uh, they mm -hmm. apparently ran in the same circles and stuff. That was just really cool. Very interesting. Charles Spurgeon. Okay, that's a cool connection. Mm -hmm. Rachel, do you want to talk about what you were going to talk about? Sure, yeah. I 
wanted to talk about what it means that God holds us fast. We yeah. don't talk like that today. What and is so hold fast mean? I think yeah. it would be helpful to kind of dissect that. Um, and simply put, it just means that you are remaining tightly secured or you're not changing your mind about an idea. And I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. But that's what I have found and kind of settled on, um, that God is holding tightly to us, um, securing our salvation for eternity. It makes me think of John uh, 6, 37. Mm. It says that those who, as Jesus says, those the Father has given me, I will not cast out. Mm -hmm. And so it's this permanency. And I think, um, I know I'm not alone when I say that I grew up thinking I could lose my salvation. Um, I think a lot of people in my age group um, have felt that way, you know, going up to altar call after altar call, yep. praying that maybe this your life time, for the 12th time, exactly, really maybe this it. time will stick. Maybe this mm -hmm. time I say the sinner's prayer, it will mean something. And I think when I think of of God's holding tightly to us in a secure manner, it seems permanent. And that's what we see, you know, uh, even in the last hymn. I keep calling back to the last hymns that we've talked about, but you know, when we close our eyes and we um, we die, we will then see Christ on the throne. Like, that's what it's all about, that it's that permanent, that forever we will be with him. And right. it makes me also think of John 14, uh, verses 1 through 3, that God has prepared a place for us, that where he is, we will also be. Um, and it is it is permanent. And so growing up thinking that the one or two times you sin, it's like, oh, that's it. I'm not a child of God anymore, but Scripture couldn't be more clear about the opposite. Right. Hebrews 6, uh, verse 13, For when God made a promise to Abraham, mm -hmm. since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, mm -hmm. saying, I shall sh Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And it goes on. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast mm -hmm. to the hope. So that talks about our perseverance, to the hope set before us. We have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, the hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think if I were to read that in that other place I was, thinking I could lose my salvation or thinking I needed to say the sinner's prayer just one more time, if I read that, I would think, oh, well, that's for that's for good Christians. Uh, that's the, for the people who have, of, yes, right? Mm -hmm. But no, that's for, that's for the worst of us. I mean, yeah. Paul says that he was the utmost of sinners. Um, but yeah, as you were reading that, it made me think of John 10, 28, I give them eternal life, Jesus mm -hmm. says. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. He's talking about his sheep. Mm -hmm. yep. There's a few places, like the one that you just read, where the Bible talks about us holding fast. Um, and I think that it's important for us to differentiate between what the two things that we're holding fast to are. I think that we are to hold fast to the Word, mm -hmm. to the promises of God. First mm -hmm. Timothy 4.16 mm -hmm. tells us, keep a watch on yourself. It literally says, hold fast um, on the teaching and persist in this. And then there's a place in Philippians 2, 15 that says that we shine as stars in the sky, uh, holding fast to the word of life. Um, we, we, to, we are to hold fast to God's promises, but his promises 
hold fast to us, right. mm-hmm. or or He holds fast to us by and, and through, those that, through those promises, through those promises, because we're 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 shown that that nothing can snatch us out of His hand, mm-hmm. and so we're, we're holding fast to the Word, not not for the sake of staying in right relationship with God, mm-hmm. but the, for the sake of the peace and joy and comfort of our own hearts um, as we fix our attention on them. So I think it's important, and I wish that that we we could help people to understand that more and more. Yeah. Um, that it's it's not up to you and your strength yep. to hold on to God, but He's holding on to you. He's holding on to you, but you do need to hold on to His promise. Fast to the hope set before us. I think Rachel mentioned this on one of our previous episodes um, by some Puritan dead guy. In your own words, um, if if I, I did be, say that. Um, what what was it? If I if I'm hanging on by a thread, may it be the thread of his garment. Yes. Yeah. He he's the one that um, is able, uh, is powerful enough to hold me. I am not powerful enough to hold myself mm-hmm. to him. And that's and that's where we get the the honesty in verse one. Um, let's let's dive into the text now. I I love and appreciate the straight honesty that this these verses have it's um it it allows a space for our church members to be self-suspecting of how good they think they are mm-hmm. <laughs> versus how they really stand um but it gives voice to those feelings those um times of of unbelief those times of struggle and sin when i fear my faith will fail when the tempter would prevail, honesty about sin, temptation, mm-hmm. I could never keep my hold, and my love is often cold. <laughs> yeah. Good rhyme, first of all. But, man, there's just the brutally honest about our life and our, our need for Christ to, to hold us fast, or for Christ to preserve us. Um, I love at the end of verse 1, I'm going to say what I say, and you guys add what you want. I love the word must. Mm-hmm. He must hold mm-hmm. me fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of Luther, uh, a mighty fortress is our God. Mm-hmm. Lord Sabaoth, his name from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. Mm-hmm. I know that's it's probably a really poetic English translation of what the German actually said, but the urgency of the word must, mm-hmm. um, or else all is lost. Well, you know, as we pick songs for our worship services, it's important for us to help uh, remind the person where they're at and and what they're going through. And I, I really do think that even if you come into that time of worship with uh, these, these ideas, everything's going good, blah, 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 you know, mm. this confronts you with reality. No Absolutely. matter how good things are going yep. in your heart of hearts, you yep. know, and when you when you start the song off with, when I fear my faith will fail, there are moments where we all fear, you know, that that we're going to somehow mess all this up, yep. and it just confronts the the Humanity. congregation with with reality of what's going on inside us, and and it 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 gives us a sense of desperation, mm-hmm. and then sums it up by, he must do this. Yeah. So it's a it's a beautiful song to use in. Our congregational worship, because of the fact that it puts reality 
mm-hmm. right there in the, in, into our faces right right at the beginning. I like the mm-hmm. confession aspect just yeah. to kind of echo, and then I'm going to bring up a verse in Mark, but um, that confession of I, my love is often cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often do we think of that or sing of it in church? Yeah. To say plainly, I'm cold-hearted at times toward the Lord, mm. but and, and this is yeah, and others. <laughs> that's for sure. That. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like the poster child for that. But like, how often do we do we stand there in church and really evaluate ourselves? Say, you know, my faith is failing. I'm I'm having trouble believing, and it makes me think yeah. of of Mark nine. Um, Mm, yes. Where um, he Jesus is healing a boy with an unclean spirit, and the father of the child cries out and says, "I believe, help my unbelief." Yes. So, like Josh just said, even if things are going well, like in your heart of hearts, you know, like there's a part of you that is very possibly doubting or mm-hmm. um, you know has questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think it's so good for us to stop and confess, "I can't do this. My love is cold." I don't have a lot of faith right now. I'm being tempted and I'm giving in, mm-hmm. but God and looking to what he has done. Right. This is so antithetical to what our culture wants to proclaim to. Mm-hmm. Uh, our culture would never want to admit something like, I believe, help my unbelief. They would say, I believe, therefore I prosper and I'm mm-hmm. good to go. <laughs> or I believe I'll keep saying it until I do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just got to speak, speak it in existence. <laughs> Oh, oh no! <laughs> go on that tangent, but as, honestly, though, our culture doesn't want us to have to actually confront ourselves. They they want to sugarcoat um, the death, the the corruption that we are in. Even though, oh, I don't. I'm trying to think of that Latin term of um, saint, but still sinner. I can't remember it. But anyways, um, this is this is why you need. To read books, because <laughs> <laughs> this anyways, is why you read. You read. It you is, know things. It is. I'm going to butcher this. Simper. Simul justice el peccator. Yes, let me. Yeah, yeah. We found you it. Can, Good old Google can, uh, came to the rescue. Uh, simul <laughs> justice et peccator. Simultaneously Mostly saint and sinner. sinner. That doctrine of really the Reformation is where that kind of was um, revitalized, but. The honesty, the self-suspection of man. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. That's a great passage. Another one specifically um, that I think this is really alluding to also is the doxology at Jude, at the end of Jude, mm. uh, verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling mm-hmm. and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. And then it goes on to the only God, our Savior, glory, majesty, all those things. I love the way that Jude says, with great joy. With great joy. Because it it shows that God is not just keeping us. He is doing it because it brings him great joy. You're getting to verse two. Sorry. (laughs) I love that part too. And it also reminds me of uh, uh, 1 John chapter 2. Where are you at? 1 John 2 chapter 1. Good night. Verse John 2, <laughs> verse 1. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. When the tempter would prevail, I have an advocate before the throne 
he will hold me fast. All right, you want to go on to verse 2 now since we got to sure. start talking about that? Those he saves are his delight, mm-hmm. precious in his holy sight. Like we just said, you mentioned at the end of Jude, the doxology, yeah. to present us with great joy. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of Psalm 149.4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He mm-hmm. adorns the humble with salvation. Mm. Hebrews, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to find it. You're the Hebrews guy today. I know. I was, <laughs> again, I'll say, I'm pretty 12, sure we're two. all Gentiles here. Hope and joy, 12-2. Uh, no. That would work too. But I'm thinking of chapter 2. Hebrews 2.11 says, For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he, being Christ, is not ashamed to call them brothers. Mm. Or even after the resurrection, uh, think about this. And like in Matthew's resurrection account, it talks about how Mary and and the the women, or whether it's one or many, he tell Jesus tells the women, "Go and tell my brothers, mm-hmm. those weak spined guys that all failed you in your moment of need when they didn't." Peter denied you three times. My brothers, he calls them my brothers. If you don't mind. I'm going to pull some uh, gentle and lowly in here as well, um, and I'm going to try to hold myself together reading this. But this is a quote uh, from one of the chapters of Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly talking about Christ's willingness to come and clean us, come, his willingness to hold us, to be near with us. Here's this quote. This high and holy Christ does not cringe at reaching out and touching dirty sinners and numbed sufferers. Such embrace is precisely what he loves to do. He cannot bear to hold back. We naturally think of Jesus touching us the way that a little boy reaches out to touch a slug for the first time, face screwed up with a cautiously extended, extending his arm, giving a yelp of, dis- of disgust upon contact and instantly withdrawing. We picture the risen Christ approaching us with a severe and sour disposition. But this is why we need the Bible. Our natural intuition can only give us a God like us. The God revealed in Scripture deconstructs our intuitive predilections and startles us with one whose infinitude of perfections is matched by his infinitude of gentleness. Indeed, his his perfections include his perfect gentleness. It is who he is. It is his very heart. Jesus himself said so. Jesus himself said so. He does not mind coming and approaching sinners. As you were reading that, it made me think of Matthew 8, where Jesus cleanses a leper. And Mm -hmm. the leper kneels before him and says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And I know other translations um, say this differently, but I'm reading from the ESV. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. There's other translations that says, I am willing. Mm. Like That is the heart of Christ. He's mm-hmm. willing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Those he saves are his delight, precious in his holy sight. And then, not just the good feelings that Christ might have for us, he has sealed them in promises, too. Like you talked about, Josh, earlier, about how mm-hmm. we hold fast to those promises. He'll not let my soul be lost. You mentioned John 10 earlier. I'm, I think of Psalm 
16. Um, here we go. Yes. Where Where are you at? Not 28, not 19, not 13. 16. Psalm 16 says, Therefore my heart is glad. This is verse 9. My whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. His promises shall last, bought by Him at such a cost. There's the, there's the atonement. There's the gospel talking about the purchasing of, of His bride on the cross. Bought by Him at such a cost. He will hold me fast. He secured it by His own blood, His own life for us. What other thoughts do you have on verse 2, guys? Well, it goes back again to reminding us that we're to cling to His promises. Um, it's not up to us to be, you know, we, He holds us fast, um, but we cling to His promises, and those promises shall last. Like mm-hmm. Hebrews 12, 2 says, the author and perfecter of our faith. He's going to make that faith perfect. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, our our um, confidence, our, I mean, our 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 Faith is what saves us. That's what gives us the confidence, grace through faith. But uh, Ephesians 2, but um, the the author and perfecter of our faith, uh, he's the one that's making those things right. come to an end. Yes. Other thoughts on verse 2 or the refrain? We hadn't got to the refrain. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's pretty clear what it says there. Mm-hmm. But for my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. Let's 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 just do verse three then. We can we can continue on other tangents. For my life, he bled and died. So we're probably expounding verse two. Bought my bought by him. Well, how did how did yeah. he buy us back? Mm-hmm. For my life, he bled and died. There Justice. you go. Justice has been satisfied. We talked about in another episode mm-hmm. about propitiation, talking about uh, in Rock of Ages, save from wrath and make me pure. Save from wrath. Here we go. Justice has been satisfied by what he did on the cross. He faced God's curse, God's wrath, God's displeasure for us. Despising mm-hmm. shame. Yes. It makes me think of Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. So there is a payment that must be made mm-hmm. for sin. And we have those two options. We can pay for our own sin um, or we can go to Christ and he has paid for that with his own blood. Right. And also, um, I just think of of the death of our Savior on the cross and how, I, just reading through John 19 recently, um, and I just began to think that Jesus bore a punishment that would have absolutely destroyed me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't destroy him. <laughs> and also Romans uh, 6, 9 um I'm sorry. I Death has no, no longer go. has dominion. Yes, we him. know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death mm-hmm. has no longer has dominion over him. Right. And so all sin must be atoned for. Um, mm-hmm. And those who know Christ, their their sin has been paid for. Right. Now, oh, go ahead, Josh. Well, oh, no, you go ahead. Well, then we keep moving down. Raised with him. Yeah. Raised mm-hmm. with him to endless life. You, you're just in Romans 6, so I'm going to stay there because it talks about that too, <laughs> talking about baptism. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, verse 5, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection mm-hmm. like his. We know that our old self was crucified in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we might not be enslaved to sin. We have this hope of resurrection, of, of <laughs> utter eradication of 
all impurity, all earthliness when we're raised with him. And it also reminds me of Colossians verse 3, though it's not quite as clear of a one-to-one here, but Colossians 3, it just simply mentions that Christ has seated, we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Just thinking upon that, just like, wow, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. For for you have died, this is verse 3, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear. You also will appear with Him in glory. That reminds Raised me all all this stuff that you're talking about reminds me of First John three, one of my favorite passages. Behold, mm-hmm. what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is it did not know Him, but beloved, we are God's children, and what we will be mm-hmm. has yet not has not yet appeared, mm-hmm. but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, mm-hmm. for we shall see him mm-hmm. as he is. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself as he is pure. So um, it just, it just, uh, you know, we're, we're reminded of the temporary journey, I think, and especially in this last verse, we, we, we are stuck here in this struggle. When my, when I fear my faith will fail, uh, when the tempter prevails, when, when, when all these things are going on in my life, but we're reminded here in this last verse, one day we will, we will be raised with him to endless life. Our, our faith will be turned to sight, um, even though the earth is temporary. And I, I think that that's why, even though it really doesn't talk about going through tough times in mm-hmm. our life, but there is something so hopeful yeah. about this song uh, that that helps us when we are going through those storms or those difficulties, uh, that certainty and the assurance that Christ will make us to be one day like him, for we will know him as he is. Mm-hmm. It gives us a, a, a faith to get through those difficult times. In fact, that's what Matt Merker, when he found this song, he he seemed to be going through a trying time. You were going to talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I, I'll include a YouTube video because I know it's out there somewhere. But Matt Merker talking about this hymn and his inspiration um, behind it, and, and finding out about this hymn. Uh, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but Matt Merker was going through uh, just a trying season in his life and and ministry. And I think this is when he was leading worship at at uh, Capitol yeah. at Capitol Hill with Mark with Mark Devers Church and. Um, he found it and and retuned it like he has several other hymns that I'm sure we'll cover in later episodes, um, and it just it it stuck. It was one of those songs for their church that the congregation clung onto it like a he, lifeline. He's, he's quoted as it, saying, it helped him too yeah, in his own life. He's quoted as saying, "The church quickly owned the song and began singing it with joy and really loud voices." Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> That's so true, man. Yeah. That rising chorus. Fast. He will hold me fast. It's like you have no choice. Like, you know, we can talk about the melody contours going up. It's just like that that thrill, that thrill of of thinking upwardly. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. I know that um, just listening to s- several podcasts of him, I know that John Piper said that at this season in his life, you know, as he's as he's getting older, and he said this song has been particularly sweet mm. for him thinking upon that heavenly 
fact that Christ is holding him and will hold him to to and through death and when he sees him. Um, I love that. Till our faith is turned to sight when he comes at last. Reminds me of it as well with my soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Lord haste the day. Yeah. My faith shall be, be sight. sight. Yeah. That's that that is the right one, right? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think. Lord haste the day. Mm-hmm. When the faith, the faith the faith shall be sight. The, the clouds, and the clouds be, be rolled back. back. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well yeah. with my soul. We shall see Him. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, mm-hmm. and one day that faith will come to be sight. Sight. That's amazing. Um, any other thoughts regarding the text? I want to talk about the music just a little bit, and then we'll we'll be done. Um, well, regarding the music, I think this is another example of letting the text determine how you meter it. Um, because it it, kind of, it goes back and forth between that three four and four four time signature. Mm-hmm. Um, when I fear my faith will fail, so that's that's all three four. Da, 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 da. Makes you pause because mm-hmm. it goes into the four four time signature, and then the three Christ will hold me fast, and then we go back to three four. Da, 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 one to he will hold me it's just it's just letting the text speak for itself and not trying to force a text in a time signature or a text it really in a is a song. nightmare for when you direct it though it I, is. I directed it with the the choir just yeah. a few weeks maybe a month mm-hmm. ago and um Three, six, four, 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 four. Four, it was it was in six. six and then and and i was just like I don't know which measure I'm on. <laughs> I'll just one. Try get the one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah, but and then and then the chorus is is all the way through, or mostly all the way through four four. He will or he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. Oh. Then it changes there. For mm-hmm. my back to three four loves me so. Yeah. back to four four. He will hold me fast. It's, it, it's, it is kind of, it, it's one of those songs, you, you mentioned, we talked about other songs, Rachel, where you said it feels like it has a lullaby or a skipping effect to it because we're just kind of going, we're singing it, but it, probably too fast of a tempo. It The meter makes you stop a little bit exactly. and take each phrase bit by bit and, and ponder that just for that little bit of lingering time. And it's a powerful tool. And, you know, another song kind of like that, uh, that fits the text how deep the father's love for us. And it's originally in what five, four or like a, a weird thing. Something. something. Yeah. Or like, yeah, it goes in between, but it's, it's five. It's that's a very that, atypical. That Selah moment. I yeah. Think the Selah moment. Yeah. I and, like that. And that's, that's what this song has to have, which yes. is why it skips back and forth between meters. I pulled up and looked at her original or, Harkness's original stuff, and it was written in four, but it was when I fear my faith will fail, and so <laughs> you you got you got all the things in there, um, but it still gave that Selah moment. So yeah, and I love the fact that Merker takes it in in the middle of the hymn and makes it a little bit interesting with the chords. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get this pulled up on my iPad because I've got it right here. He will hold me fast. Yes, he does. So it's in, it's in the middle. It's in that third line of the verses. So, for instance, uh, I could never keep my hold 
So that's like a four chord mm-hmm. through life's fearful path. It's yeah. like, it's a five over six chord. So it's like it, it, it adds the accidentals in there through life's fearful. It's a C sharp chord goes, to, which takes you to F sharp minor. Sorry, I'm getting my music theory nerd that's here. Okay, man. And then comes back out and gets back into the original key. But he just makes it interesting, especially on those words through life's Where fearful path be, yeah. or his promises shall last. Um, and also, uh, well, it just says he will hold me fast on the third verse, but it just adds a little bit of direction. Um, it's just kind of a pivoting point that uh, rather than just doing your one, four, and five chords and calling it good, you know. So there's so much we could we could praise about this hymn, but as, and as much I think this is worth saying, we probably should say this more often. Um, we can we can talk about how much we love hymns and love the words that people have crafted in their genius. But even greater than a hymn, guys, even greater than these hymns is the one whom it's speaking about, our Lord Jesus Christ. He will hold us fast. He's glorious. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we have we have so many reasons to be thankful. And uh, this hymn is just so powerful um, and helpful for Christians in various seasons of life. Any other final thoughts? All right. Always a joy, guys. Thank you guys so much. And thank you, listener, for joining. Hope this has been helpful, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Sing the Word. If you're enjoying the content of this podcast, please subscribe to our channel on your preferred podcast platform. Feel free to leave us a good rating, too. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and other platforms as well. If you've got songs, questions, or discussions you'd like for us to explore in future episodes, please email those to singtheword316 at gmail.com. Again, that's singtheword316 at gmail.com. As we continue to improve and expand our platforms for this podcast, we'll be sure to keep you posted on things to come, Lord willing. Again, thank you for listening. Grace and peace.